Amen. Let's give Jesus a hand. That's how, that's how y'all feel about him. Come on, clap your hands and give God praise. Amen. You know, as good as God has been to us, we got to be careful that we remember to give him all the praise, all the honor and the glory. And also that this may be your last opportunity to praise him. Uh, for tonight, you may not wake up tomorrow. And so if you don't want your last praise to be your weakest praise, Luke chapter number 12. Luke chapter number 12. Y'all got to forgive me. Uh, we and come as you are at our church for the whole summer. So I came in here. I'm a little out of place. I should have put me a seat in the truck if I knew y'all was in here. But I came to tell the truth. So if y'all don't mind, I'm going to tell the truth. If I have a suit, uh, suit on or a sweatsuit. Amen. Uh, Luke chapter number 12. We want to uh, get verse number 35 and what Jesus is saying to us, to those people. You all there? I'm going to read the uh, New King James Version, and then I'm going to read the New Living Translation afterwards. Starting at verse 35, it says, Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. And you yourselves be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Verse 37 says, Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. Verse 38 says, And if he should come, in the second watch, or come in the third watch, and find them so blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Verse 40, our key verse, it says, Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. I want to read from the New Living Translation as it will give some, some clarity to some of the words from New King James. It says, be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning as though you were waiting for your master to return home from the wedding. Uh, then you will be ready to open the door, let him in in the moment he arrives and knocks. The servant who already are waiting for his return will be rewarded. I tell you the truth, he himself will sit them uh, put on an apron and serve them as they sit and eat. He may come in the middle of the night or just before dawn, but whenever he comes, let the church say, whenever he comes, he will reward the servants who are ready. 39 said, understand this. If the homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would not permit his house to be broken into. Here's our key verse again. It says, you also must be ready all the time. Let the church say all the time. For the Son of Man will come when you least expect. The word of the Lord is already blessed. Uh, the flowers wither. The, uh, the, 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 the word of the Lord is already blessed uh, this morning. I want to talk from the subject, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. If you stay ready, you won't have to get ready. The grass withers, the flowers fade away. But the word of our God shall stand forever. 
I know the scripture. Amen. The entire chapter of number, uh, this entire 12th chapter of this, uh, this book of Luke points towards stewardship. Uh, verse 1 through 12 addresses the disciples' stewardship of the gospel. Jesus told the disciples to not only proclaim the gospel, but they would have to live it as well. He says, don't be hypocritical, but be sincere. Don't be fearful, but be ready to witness to others. And don't be anxious, uh, but trust God. Verse 13 through 34 addresses the stewardship of possession. Um, stuff cannot be the focal point on our priority list. Uh, none of this stuff belongs to us anyway. Uh, we have to be, uh, be charged to be stewards. We've been charged to be stewards of God's stuff. It's not your money. It's not your car. It's not your house. Those are not your kids. Yeah. We got to be careful that we uh, be, be careful what we store up our treasure. He's charged us to be generous and not greedy. Uh, that doesn't mean that we're supposed to give all of our stuff to whoever. Uh, it means that as a good steward, you are led uh, of the Lord as to who and what to give others. Uh, that's why I don't give money on the corner. When the guy standing on the corner with the sign all the time, I don't give him money all the time. I have to be led of the Lord to give out God's money. Okay, So there's some people that you're handing out your money to. Like I have a, I have a son, and I won't call his name, have five of them, so you won't be able to guess which one it is. I have a son, and he used to ask me for money all the time, and uh, he was using my money for stuff that was not of, the, of God. I don't buy cigarettes because I don't smoke. So I'm not going to take the Lord's money and sow it into that ground. Are y'all with me? I know y'all listening. I, I know. God won't have you to plant your seed on concrete. See, if it doesn't ultimately give God the glory, then you might be, lead, uh, you might be leading yourself. Verse 35 through 40 addresses the stewardship of time. Christ is teaching us how to stay ready so we don't have to get ready. That's why it's critical that you and I be diligent and not lazy. It's critical that we not be so self-centered that, uh, that we don't have time for God. We have to have time for him or he won't be, or, or, or we won't ever be ready to receive him when he comes. Touch your neighbor and say, if you stay ready, you won't have to get ready. Perspective in life, it works in two directions. It's reflective and perspective. Okay. Reflective is when you look back at what has happened and consider what we could have done or not done in a situation. Uh, as Christians, you and I should not spend so much time looking back. You won't be able to see where you are going if you are constantly looking back. And this is where the enemy is defeating us. Mm -hmm. uh, he distracts us from our purpose because he wants us to look back uh -huh, at our past failures. <laughs> uh, but God is so good that when God forgives you, he forgets. He doesn't look at the back, at the past. If you looked at your track record, none of y'all would be in here right now. We'd all be, we all wouldn't be worthy to be here, but thank God that he doesn't look at uh, our track record. And so what the enemy tries to do for us is he tries to get us to reflect on what we've done before. You used to do that. How can you do this? How can God bless you because you were this before? 
Mm-hmm. And, then, and then he makes us act like, uh, act like we ain't never did nothing when we get to church. Okay? Yeah, so then we sit in here, and, and I, I don't know why she is wearing that skirt, and that skirt is so high, like you ain't never wore a high skirt. All right, it's all right. It might be too early in the morning. That's all right. It's that our lives are, uh, 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 that's why we should look at our, our, our lives in a perspective way. The perspective outlook allows us to act now based on, watch this, what we hope will happen in the future. Living perspectively is much harder because it requires us to have faith and count on events that haven't even happened yet. Living perspectively is having a God perspective on life. You can't stay ready for his return if you hope it's not built on things that are eternal. See, heaven is, prepared, is a prepared place for prepared people. And God has given you and I the opportunity to be ready whenever he decides to come back. Be thankful. He has delayed his coming to give you an opportunity, you and I an opportunity to live out our beliefs and reflect Jesus' love as we relate to others. In other words, he's given us a chance to live the abundant life that he promised us. Church folks say that he may not come when you want him, but, but he's right on time. The question then becomes, what will you be doing when he gets here? There are three movements in this text that I'd like to uh, suggest to you all that will help us to be ready. Okay? The first one is, is, uh, is that uh, the characteristic of someone that is ready is that they are prepared. Look at verse 35. That's where it is. Don't close your Bible. That's why I'm preaching out of the Bible. All right? Be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning. King James Version said, let your waist be girded. And what these reference is a long garment that is drawn up around the waist and tucked in so that the servant can move around freely and quickly. In other words, what Jesus is saying to us is, is you got to get rid of anything that has the ability to restrict and prevent you from being ready when he comes. That's why we can't get caught up in the things of the world. It's all good to have a nice things, and I believe that God even wants his children to enjoy the finer things in life. But what I don't think he wants us to do is get caught up in the stuff that the time he has given us to be ready, we get to squandering on our things. I know a guy, he has an old school car, and he shines it, washes it, takes him four hours on Sunday the reason why he can't come to church. I asked him, invited him to church. He said, I'm not able to come on Sundays because that is the day that I wash my car. Takes me four hours to wash my car. I got to get in between each spoke and I got to spray this and do that. You see how we get caught up in the stuff? And see, the enemy, that's what he does. He distracts us with our things. He's given us an opportunity, time to get it right. So when he comes, we, can eat, we can't even get to the door without tripping over our things. We got so much stuff, we can't even, when he come, if he come knocking on the door, you ain't even going to be able to get to the door because you got so much stuff. And, that, and, and that's, a, that's, a, um, that, that's not necessarily, a, uh, it, it's a figurative statement. It's all the things that you put before God are so piled up to where you can't even get. If he's knocking, you won't even be able to get to him. 
And some of you are distracted by the people in your life. They talking so much, you talking to everybody so much that if he calls you, you won't be able to answer because you can't hear him because you're listening to everything else. if If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Second characteristic I see is, is maintenance. Maintenance. Look at the B clause of verse 35. He instructs them to keep the lamps burning. You used to go to a church. They used to sing a song. You used to say, give me oil in my lamp and keep me burning. And Pat might know that one. Give me oil in my lamp, I pray. Give me oil in my lamp and keep me burning. Keep me burning to the break of day. Never understood what that song meant. I thought that was kind of weird. They want oil in a lamp. But what Jesus is telling us is that we got to be watchful. Even when it's dark at night, we got to be ready and watchful. We can't be so consumed with our own agendas that we fail to maintain a readiness for the return of our Savior and our Lord. We got to be watchful no matter what. That's why it's critical that we stay ready uh, and stay in the Word of God because it's a lamp unto our feet. And it's a light into our pathway. Jesus is the light of the world. Therefore, watch this, you and I should be lights of our world. The problem is, is that most of us have a dim light on. Ah, you know, that, I just exposed some of us, and I used to have that problem. I had to keep my light right in the middle. I, wanted my, I didn't want nobody to see what was going on in my life. Many of us, that's how we live our lives. Yeah, I, can, I praise him and shout on Sunday, but tomorrow now you catch me at, down at my job, and if that girl say one more thing to me, what, just one more thing. If she say one more thing to me, and that's how we live our lives. And so what, what, what we've got to do is we've got to keep our lamps burning. We've got to be watchful. We've got to be ready. Uh, you can't be the light of your world uh, if, you're doing, if the things that you're doing can potentially embarrass God. And kill your witness. Nobody is a, nobody is concerned with embarrassing God. That was my problem. I thought, well, nah, you know, he's God. You know, you know, he can he can move. He he's God. He don't get embarrassed. But you know how many things that I've done that have how many people that I have lost the blood of their, their of their death of their relationship with God has been on my hands because of what Jesus they saw in me or not, a lack of. See, that's why you got to understand that your life, is, your life is not your own. Your life is, is a billboard for a bigger purpose. You see, so that's why you got to stay ready because the other people are counting on you to show them the way. But if you're not doing that, then imagine how many people that you haven't been able to help because your light's been dimmed. Because you haven't been ready. Because I haven't been ready. I lost, I can say, probably 100 people that I've come in contact with or more that may not even make it to heaven or may not even never know the Lord because they had, their opportunity was lost because of me. It's a responsibility of a Christian, of the man. It's a responsibility of a man of God, a woman of God, not just Uncle Terrell and myself and whoever else is a preacher, but all of you, all of us, we're all ministers of the gospel. We're all called to this purpose, and we got to stay ready so we don't have to get ready. You know, there are many commonalities that, that threaten to distract us from our purpose. But, but you can't get, get involved with the details. You see, the enemy wants us to get involved with the details. 
Because if we get involved with the details, then we we'll lose uh, we lose time, and and we lose our focus. See, our focus is not about why it's not working. It's not working. See, so we spend a lot of time talking about why I'm meeting to meet again, to meet one more time, to meet again, to meet again, to meet one more time. All of that time has passed, and we still haven't done anything. So the enemy is kind of, yeah, go to church. Yeah, have that meeting. Yeah, keep on meeting about meeting about meeting because nothing's ever going to get done that way because he wants us to focus on the details. So what we got to do is say, no, 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 no. I got to be ready. I ain't really tripping off the details. All I know is, is that God is good. All I know is that he is the lot of the world. All I know is that I was once lost and now I'm found. All I know is this, that, and the third, but not, oh, you know what? I remember why, you know, it don't matter why it didn't work. It didn't work. My dad used to tell me that. I said, well, I, you know, I don't, I was married to this girl, and she, he said, I said, you know why it didn't work? He said, you know, it don't matter why it didn't work. We can sit here and talk about it, but then at the end, it still didn't work. So who cares why it didn't work? Just learn the lesson and keep it moving. Come on, y'all say amen. Third movement. This is, this is the last movement. Expectation. Expectation. Then the text. While we're waiting on Jesus, we need to be waiting at the door. Look at verse 36. It's right there in the text. During the time of the wedding celebration, uh, they could last up to a week long, the celebration. So the time a master would return home was unpredictable. Mm -hmm. But the servant had to be ready to serve whenever the master returned home. You and I must live our lives like the servant and always be ready because we don't know when the master is coming home. Uh-huh. Verse 37 sums it up for us perfectly. It says, it would be good for the master to find them ready. Now, touch your neighbor and say, it'd be good. Come on, look at your neighbor in the face. They say, it'd be good if the master would find you ready when he comes. See, folks are always worried about the things they can't control instead of focusing on staying ready so when he comes, you won't have to get ready. Let me submit to you, brothers and sisters, that he, Christ, will not wait on you when he comes. Oh, I, can you hold on, Jesus? I just got to get. No, no, no. He's not waiting on you when he comes. That's why you got to be ready. You know, my son, uh, I have a, uh, one of my sons won't call his name, so that way you can't pick out which one it is. Uh, uh, he is a musician, and so he's a pretty accomplished musician for his age. He's a little bit sought out after. They call him all the time. So he's always doing gigs. So he can't drive because he's too young. So people have to pick him up. Grown-ups have to pick him up. My son has grown-ups picking him up, and then they're waiting outside for 15 minutes. Because he's not ready. I said, I said you, can't, uh, you can't make grown-ups wait on you. Kids are, you know what I'm saying? My, my dad used to say, I don't wait on you, you wait on me. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, you know, I don't wait on you. You wait for me. So if I say 10 o'clock, you need to be ready at 8 because you don't know what time I'm coming. And my son, he makes the adults wait for him. See, he's not never ready. So I'm letting you all know is you got to be ready. We the kids. The parent, the parent shouldn't have to wait on you. <laughs> Listen, uh, uh, he's going to come 
I'm going to tell you a secret. I hope y'all can keep this to yourself. He's, I'm going to tell you when he's coming. No, I'm going to tell you how he's coming. He's coming like a thief. I don't know when he's coming. But I can tell you what, he's going to come like a thief. Thieves don't come in the daytime. They don't come while you they don't come while you can see them. They come at night. They come when they can sneak in. He's coming like a thief. Now listen, it's not the here's the tricky part. He he's not coming because he's trying to trip us up. He he's not trying to trap us. He's not trying to say, oh, I'm gonna catch you off, off guard. He's not trying to do that. What he's trying to do is give us an opportunity to get it right. So according to, to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, he's delaying his return so that folks can have a better chance to get it right. Look at verse 39. Jesus says something so profound. He says, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. So it is with us. If we knew when he was coming, it'd be easier for us to be ready. If you knew what day and what time he was coming, you'd be ready, right? you say, okay, all right, 2,000 minutes. Okay, cool. So I got this much time to get myself together. Jesus, uh, uh, but, but there's a few believers in this house, just like me, that, that, know, that, that, that love Jesus enough to say, it don't matter when he's coming. I'm just trying to be ready. Uh, why? Because Jesus said in verse 40, the Son of Man will come in an hour that you don't expect. See, I got good news for you, though. You may not know when he's coming. But I can guarantee you this, he is coming. We just have to expect that he could come any day. We got to expect that he could come at any moment. We need to be ready when he decides to come. It'd be horrible if he came back and said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew who you were. We got to be comfortable with the idea that he hasn't come yet. Uh, but it's been over 2,000 years uh, since he said he was coming back. And it doesn't matter when it and what, and doesn't matter when he, where he's coming. It's just you got to be ready when he comes. If you stay ready, ladies and gentlemen, you won't have to get ready at the last minute. Some folks would rather have houses and land. Some folks choose silver and gold. But, but these things they treasure, but they forget about their souls. But ladies and gentlemen, I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. The road gets rough. The going gets tough. And the hills are hard to climb. But I started out a long time ago. And I've made up my mind that I decided to make Jesus my choice. Say, say if, you, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. If you door and wait on him. He's coming like a thief in the night and following his lead. He's a mighty good leader all the way, all the way from heaven and earth to glory. He's a mighty good leader. Look at somebody and say, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. You got to stay ready so you don't have to get ready because he's coming at a time when you're not going to expect and you and I we take for granted that he hasn't shown up yet. Almost as if we don't believe he's still coming. But I came today to submit to you this idea that Jesus is on his way back. If you look at Donald Trump and all the foolishness that's happening in the world, you better get ready, ladies and gentlemen, so you don't have to get ready at the last minute. You see what he's doing at the border? See what he's doing with the, with, the, with the Mexican people? See what he's doing with the American people? You better 
gentlemen, he's coming back real soon. We don't want to be trying to get ready at the last minute, packing a bag at the last minute. You need to be ready before he comes. Amen.